Today's guest is Steve Melcheski of the Wine Import Strategy Group. Welcome, Steve. Hi, how are you? I'm great. It's nice to have you here. Great. So for those who don't know, Steve has been a guest on my video show, which the link is down below, uh, Vine Time TV. You were a guest when we did Big Claw Wines on the yeah. Lobster Boat, that epic day. Epic day. <laughs> that was a great day. It was a great day. It was. And then uh, you and your wife were on our show when we did Main Coast Vineyards. So uh, all of those videos can be checked out on VineTimeTV.com and the link is down below. So Steve, tell me about your, what's going on? Well, so for the past 27 years, um, you know, I founded and ran a company called USA Wine West. Mm -hmm. And we were a, um, what we call a service import company where foreign wineries and domestic wineries would use us to be their uh, importer into the U.S., and have a FOB location for their products here, shipped to the distributors in all 50 states. And we would handle all of the back office work uh, for the wineries, uh, compliance, logistics, administration, warehouse management, financial management, but the sales and marketing were left up to the wineries themselves. Um, and you know, we, we worked with a variety of really high-end producers and just anybody who wanted to come in, probably 13, 14, 15 countries, uh, everyone from uh, the Ferragamo family's Il Boro estate in Tuscany to Gerard Bertrand, uh, you know, Rosé wines and the other wines that he imports into the U.S. We have been their national importers. Um, yeah, so that's what we've done for a long time. But important to note, you didn't move a bottle, right? You were you did all mostly, mostly custom clearance? Uh, no, we actually have warehouse relationships. We okay. you know, we we manage the warehouse. We do all the oh, invoices. Okay. Okay. We yeah, do it all, soup to nuts. You did everything. Okay. We do yeah. contract with the with the freight forwarders. Everything. Yeah. Okay. And the you whole, worked with Mianetta yeah. as well, correct? What's that? Mianetta, you worked with the organic. Oh, Mianetto, Yeah, many many years ago with uh yeah NRA and uh, uh Chiola and, and Mianetto for many many years that was it and then they started their own import company which is something that happens lots of times people will come in and use us grow to a certain size and then start their own import company in order to do that you know there's a there's a real difficulty for foreign wineries to enter the market here there's a lot of demand in the market mm -hmm. of consumers and even retailers for different okay. products. Yep. But there's often a bottleneck at the import side. And so that bottleneck needs to be overcome. And uh, companies like USA Wine West were were very, uh, arose from that need of mm -hmm. people to have really good, solid access into the U.S. market and allow them to, to, to sell their goods and to promote their products and to, you know, bring real authentic things into the U.S. that uh, we're having otherwise trouble getting here. Sure. And how did you start in the wine business? Where did it all begin? Uh, in 1976, I was an exchange student of the American Field Service in uh, Germany, and uh, I was from a small uh, dairy farming town in central New York, uh, and I landed in a family, by chance, uh, a, a, a very well-off uh, German family that ran a leather factory. And uh, they loved wine. I didn't even know what wine was. And they asked me if I wanted to work at a uh, vineyard uh, in the Rheingau for the harvest. And I was like, sure. 
And uh, it took me about, you know, a day or two of carrying the buckets up and down those steep slopes to know that I just really loved what it was about. So, yeah, that's how I kind of got started. Right, it's great. Yeah. But you're an attorney as well, correct? Uh, yeah, you know, life takes you in a lot of different directions. Right. Uh, I, I actually uh, went back after college to Europe and worked in Bordeaux mm -hmm. at a at a winery in the Montagne Saint-Emilion region, one of the uh, satellite appellations of uh, Saint-Emilion. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I came back, I worked out on Long Island at Hargrave Vineyard, the first vineyard really on Long Island. This is back when it was all potato fields um, right in the North Fork. Um, from there, I went to uh, law school, and I don't know why, but I never regretted it because oh, no. this industry is so wrapped up in uh, compliance issues and regulatory issues right. that uh, it's given me a leg up in the business, to be oh, honest sure. with you. Yeah. And your law degree helped with the compliance, right? So 100%. Yeah, I, I don't sorry. think I could have done what I did in this industry sure. without having that kind of background. Where did you go to law school? Uh, you made. Uh, oh, right here in Portland. Yeah. Very good. One of the best yeah. law schools in the country, I will say. Um, and so, so USA Wine West is done. We've we've closed that chapter, and we move, we're moving on to a new chapter. Yeah, they're 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 still uh, USA Wine West is still is still in existence. Uh, I sold the business two years ago to an uh, one of my competitors, and who's yeah. you know I've taken it to another level. You know, it was just good. it was time to move on. I needed an exit strategy. I'd been doing that for twenty seven years, and uh, I needed a way to to move on. So. Sure. Uh, yeah, now I uh, am actually working. I had a very nice little project. So we have a vineyard here in Maine that I, Maine Coast Vineyards, as you know. And uh, for, for a while, uh, I, I made wine and sold it here in the market and had a distributor. And then we started to make uh, a brandy project, uh, a grappa project here. Yeah, with one of the local distilleries. And uh, they had some, we, we had, you know, we had the beginnings of that wow. going and some really really nice really nice uh raw material uh very very nice crop uh, very i think the grapes here are really well suited for it they're they have sure. a good acidity um right. they're very clean who was um, the distillery that was uh stroud water oh okay great wow yeah so um, so we're uh I, I don't know where that's going to actually end up uh i think they've 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 had some changes there so i but we're still working i'm still working in that in that vein this year has been terrible we've had so much rain that's it's oh, not yeah. much of a crop, to be honest, right? I know, right? And then the bugs, there's just bugs everywhere. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nowhere. It's, it's just, flies. it's insane. So it's yeah. the worst worst year in, in, in the history that I've had this vineyard for 25 years. And wow. uh, first year, the worst year I've ever had. So just yourself and your, your wife have, have, have tended to this vineyard in the, your back garden, for those who don't know. And um, on your land, on Hurricane yep. Road in Falmouth, and you have a chicken coop that you've converted into a winery, which is yes. quite amazing. And then every year you have a harvest and then all your friends come out and, and harvest the grapes and then you do, you know, you get what you get and then you produce yep. a small Absolutely. amount of wine. And so for those who don't know, there are wineries in Maine and Steve is one of the most Southern ones. I don't think there's anyone more Southern than you because everybody else is up in Camden. Most of the Pretty other much, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a couple of, there's a couple, couple, a lot, a lot of them are in the mid coast area. To right, be honest. right. In that little microclimate. And so, um, but you're selling your wine here when it, when you do have a vintage, if you do, it gets sold at Rosemont Market? Yeah, we sold it. Yeah, when we did, we sold it at Rosemont. We sold, oh, we sold it all over at Levitt and Sons. Right. We sold it. We sold it all over the, all over Southern Maine, pretty much. Right. So, and yeah, were you self-distributing yeah. or are you going to a distributor here? No, we, we work with Mariner Beverages. Right. So, that's yeah, right. That's yeah, right. they can step up by, by Pine State, but they still yep. have pretty yep. good selection. They have some fun 
uh, Champagne, a friend of mine, which is finally here. You know, for a long time, everybody kept saying Maine's not a Champagne state. And I was like, no, I think, I think, they, I think we can say we are now. Yes, <laughs> this is great. Um, and so, tell me about the Wine Import Strategy Group. So, uh, one of the things that I've been frustrated about in the in the wine business for a long time is that. Um, the people who want to sell have great products from all over the world. I don't care if it's Australia, New Zealand, Italy, France, Spain. Um, they they have the idea that they want to sell wine in, to the United States. They want to export to the United States. And you hear those terms come up over and over again. I want to export wines to the United States. But the truth is, is the United States is not a monolith, right? We're the most diverse we're 50 countries worth of right. the United States. Oh, yeah. Each state, each region has its own peculiar peculiarity. Sorry about yeah. that. Their own, their own specialties in terms of the laws they have, how distribution works, um, what's legal, what's not legal. Right. The logistics of our country are huge because we're 3,000 miles long. Right. Um, and and you have you know California too. New York to Florida to Michigan, it's 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 a huge place, very difficult. And the notion that what happens to a lot of these wineries is they think they want to just export to the U.S. and they don't fully understand it. They don't understand our history, our and how different we are. I mean, in, in Europe, wine is more like a food than an alcoholic beverage, right. and here it's much different. It's so. Absolutely. Very strictly controlled, really hard to find distributors, really hard to understand the the, the, the system. Um, they don't have distributors there. You can sell directly to, to stores anywhere. I mean, it's, okay. it's a whole different world. Okay. So I started to teach and I and I, I started developing a, uh, academic programs, really, for uh, teaching people about the U.S. market. And I started giving them at uh, various trade shows. Mm -hmm. And then I started to teach at uh, Hochschule Geisenheim University, which is in the Rhine Valley, one of the oldest uh, viticulture and enology schools and wine business schools in the world. And so I started to teach uh, the, in their wine business program. And they would have students from all over the world come there. And uh, I've had, I've gone there personally several times, uh, run some uh, seminars, blending seminars, even with another winemaker there and uh, for blending for the U S market. Uh, and we, and we deal with teaching people about how the U S market works. So they're more effective in approaching the market in a strategic way. So that's what I, that's what I'm doing. And I want to take that and take it to another level. Oh, that's exciting. And so are you starting this by yourself or with someone else? Just by myself. I mean, okay. I have, I have uh, a group of, of, I mean, I've been in the business long enough to have a group of very smart, very, uh, very capable people who I know mm -hmm. who want to work with me in terms of um, teaching. Sure their specialty and mm -hmm. so we'll probably put together some kinds of pro programmatic uh there's so many different ways you can approach it you can go logistics wise you can go compliance wise you can talk about marketing and brand approach so one person is not enough to really understand all of that so right. i'll put pull together people from various parts of the industry to help you know teach some of these seminars or teach some of the programs that we do right I understand. Yeah, I was a consultant for a little while. So I dealt with a lot of people who were like, I always send them to you. <laughs> like, Go talk to Steve. Um, but, you know, I dealt with a lot of people from Europe, li you know, living and working in Europe, because there was one wine company in Dublin, and I'd run into, you know, I had a Prosecco company that wanted to sell their kegs here. And then I had a, a company on this side that wanted the kegs, but 
there was just whatever reason it just didn't work out and the, the company that wanted the kegs ended up finding someone in the end the kegs of prosecco um but um it is very difficult from their side and i know even the spirit side as well because you know the wine and spirits like booze in general is so heavily controlled in this country and so you know you have to get an importer for alcohol and i was working with a brand who chose a different in, importer and then a big one wanted them and you know all these things happen so it's really hard because once you signed a commitment to someone you can't go back on that you know um but um so are you going to be based out of Maine? Are you going to do this virtually with the wine import strategy group or? I'm, um, yeah, I can do some virtual things. I'm not much about virtual teaching. Uh, I know everyone thinks it's the hottest thing in the world and I do teach virtually, you know, okay. I, I do do it, but I think there's a real value, educational value. And, and uh, when you actually show up in a place and have not only the educational you know, moments of the seminar, sure, sure. you have the opportunity to interact, to talk, to have a, a back and forth that that's really, I don't find um, in a, in a large classroom setting, it's sure. of, of any more than a couple of people. It's very hard to have that interaction. And I think a lot of the value, educational value comes from that kind of interaction. So I prefer to go on site to places. Yep. To and then you are going to yeah. be like, for example, in the next couple of months, where are you going to go? Um, well, I'm, I actually am going to teach virtually in November in, yeah. in uh, Geisenheim again. Um, I, don't, I don't have a, I mean, I just really just left USA right. Wine West a week okay. ago. So um, I'm, I'm a little, I'm just, you know, put, putting it out there. Um, I will be going for a week to Germany to teach. Uh, I have, generally I do a, a talk at the uh, Vin Expo New York Mm-hmm. event the uh that which is a which is a big thing i think they call it the expo americas now when, but it's a it? it's a, that's in february right uh, i also generally do a talk at provine uh okay. about, about the u.s market which is in and that'll all start March. up early next year so, you have provine yeah. and you'll have um yeah. the italian one um yeah Vin Italy. Yeah. yeah, so so I, I'll start there. There's a couple trade groups I'm I'm reaching out to. Um, I've done work with uh, the German Wine Bureau in okay. Germany, uh, given a talk to a couple hundred winemakers who were interested in how the U.S. market worked, and I did that in a group format a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic. So okay. there, there's a lot there's a lot of people with an interest in this. It's a matter of finding the right times and the right places to do it. So sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, well, keep me connected because between I have a lot of connections throughout Italy. You know what I'm saying? Like, but there, I, I know a lot of people who, I, I know a person, for example, who uh, has a, a company, uh, she's based in Rome, but she has a company where she does, uh, she does just what you're trying to do. She, she helps Italian wineries to get U.S. distribution and she does their marketing and, and the other. So I'm going to come more at this more, less, less from a point of view of, um, hey, I want to help you, you know, make connections in the U.S. and much more about, like if people don't understand what a franchise law is and how yeah, the franchise yeah. laws work in the U.S., yeah. they can't work here. Right. And, 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 you know, and, you know, if they don't understand that, you know, there's something called price posting, you can't just change a label willy nilly and not have huge ramifications. I run a program uh, at Hannaford's uh, Food Lion Giant. Um, I have for a number of years where we do a lot of import for, for that chain through distributors and other, you know, other 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 members of the trade but you know you'll have someone you know so you'll have 10 states you know 2,000 stores and someone will change the description of the wine on the back label 
and they think that it's not a big deal. Okay, this year my wine smells like cherries, next year it smells like blueberries, whatever. So they make a change on their label, which means a new label approval, which means new brand registrations in 10 states, which means new item setups in 10 states. And and, and an entire, uh, it kicks off an entire chain of events that can be very destructive to a brand, in fact. Does it affect the UPC? Like if you the UPC, and that's a royal pain because when I used to sell wine, people were like, oh my god, especially in the grocery store chain, because I sold the off premise in Boston. But people are like, oh my god, I have to change the UPC, and that's a lot of work for somebody who's doing all the buying, doing all that, this, doing all of that, you know. This so, this is where this is where I think it's more about creating an environment where people who want to export to some of the states in the U.S. or a lot of them or all of them have the knowledge before those export directors have the knowledge of what it is they're facing here, right. what it looks state, like downstream. Right. And um, just out of curiosity, I mean, would you do anything, you know, for example, there in the state of Maine, you cannot have wine shipped here unless it's domestic. And you're aware of this? There's certain states whereby you can only have wine shipped if it's, you can't have a wine shipped if it's international or if it's French. Even if it's So it's really it's not about that. It's about... Um, I mean, that comes from the Granholm decision of the Supreme Court, the, the Granholm decision, which said that if your local wineries can ship wines to consumers in your state, so if you have a main winery who right. can deliver a case of wine or have somebody buy wine at the winery, you have to now allow wineries from other states to be able to have that same right. Yes, but if I'm trying to order- It does not apply- wine. To right. foreign wineries because foreign wineries are not members of any other state. They there are other states that allow. Uh, there's a very small number of states that allow that to happen, but most of the direct to consumer shipping is involved with U.S. based wineries. Right. So my question is, would you maybe even possibly? I mean, this is just an idea. I'm going to throw this out there. Get involved in any public policy? Um, is there a lobby? You know, there's some very big groups who do that quite are well. They? And that's yeah. not something you're and doing. I, I, I'm not interested. I'm just saying, in, in, I, mean, in, I mean, I'm interested. Right. I have opinions about public policy, right. but I'm not interested in being a lobbyist or, or doing that kind of work. No, I'm not lobbying. But I, I think that on some level, the people who make the laws don't really understand the industry. So my, my point was that, you know, you're just so well versed in the industry that you would be a you'd be a good voice for it. But there you go. So what do you think of the, the harvest this year? Uh, are you going to harvest soon? I don't think we're going to have a harvest this year. I honestly think that, 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 yeah, I, I, we, it was impossible. Like, so we're organic in this vineyard and I, in most years I maybe spread, spray some biologically active compost teas. Right. Occasionally I'll do some once a year, maybe do some copper in some years when it's a little right. bit hard, but, but the grapes we grow are very resistant to, to fungus this year, like complete wipeout, just a complete all the rain. The rain, even if I were um, not organic, I don't think that the spray schedule could have been maintained right. because of the frequency of the rain. We had rain almost every other day this summer. It's really hard to keep a, a spray schedule when you have that kind of demands on your We had four days crops. of sunshine in June. It was so bad. It was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, but, it was bad yeah. start to finish. And, and you I, know, even now we had three inches of rain last night. Grapes don't like the wet feet. You know, we, we've had some grape harvests. Usually I get three or four tons off of this vineyard this year. I don't think I can harvest 600 pounds. Right. So. <laughs> right. It's such a shame. Uh, I was up at the East End Garden the other day and it's what, September, September, it's almost the end of September. 
and the tomatoes were on the vine, but they were still like green because they, that's what I mean. sunlight. They haven't gotten any sunlight. So, yeah. you know, things need sunlight to grow. Yeah, absolutely. So, sadly, this year has been wet, but I must tell you that for me personally, it's been a very productive year because all this rain has like had me inside working and working. So <laughs> good things have come out of the rain on my side anyway. <laughs> Um, so, you know, wh what's new for you? I mean, you're just closing up your company. You're going to do your harvest for what it's worth and then work on this import group. And is there anything else going on? Well, yeah, I've, uh, I have a, I have a small little, uh, uh, construction company with my son and we're, we're, we're building okay. a house right now. We're doing that. Well, he's really, he's really the lead on it. I, uh, I can kind of, uh, go, go to Home Depot and pick up, a, pick up lumber sometimes. Uh, so and we're so doing some building, building some site. Yeah, some site work on some things, some site work on site design. Uh, you know, uh, we have a drone pilot. He has a drone pilot's license, so we're doing some yeah. mapping and, you know, site site work around the state. And, and that's kind that's of fun. Cool. He's into the environmental and uh, also the uh, recreational side of, side of that because he worked right. out in Colorado for a while. So I'm playing around with him on that, which is kind of fun. Uh, yeah. So the, he yeah. in Maine? Yep. He's here in Maine. He's here yeah, in Maine. He's, he's living here in Colorado and, or something? Yeah, he's been in Colorado, so where he worked in a lot of uh, outdoor uh, recreational activities. So he's 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 participating here in Maine. Nice to have him back. So uh, I get to do that, uh, and yeah. he, it's really his show. I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a bit player, but it's kind of fun. I love so it. We have, we have some machinery that we drive around. I forgot to tell you this, so I'm going to ask you this question. Um, who, who, what do you love? What do I love? Like in what regard? In general, what do you love? So. I'm really in love with food. I like to grow things. I like to grow gardens. I have a lot of things that I grow and I like to cook and I like uh, the culture behind that cooking. So uh, I am, I'm going to make my first trip to Japan. I've imported a lot of sake over the years and I'm not actually going for the sake, but I'm going to be taking a trip to Japan in November because I've never been. And I've always wanted to see that culture because they have a, an amazing food culture. I love to explore uh, uh, the food cultures of various, of various places. And it doesn't almost matter where or what it can be simple. It can be elegant. Um, I, I tend to more be like the sort of peasant style cooking and seeing what people eat on a daily basis. Right. And it's pretty amazing if, if you get into it. So yeah, that's oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, food is, you know, it's the life force, you know, and wine goes right with it. So those are yep. wonderful things. That's a great answer, actually. Um, and so I ask everybody, I'm sorry I didn't tell you in advance, but I, I have everybody pick a song. So do you have Tangled Up in Blue, Bob Dylan. Oh, I love that. That was really quick, too, right on the ball. It's an easy one. All right, Steve, thank you very much. So where can people find you? Uh, right now I can be found on LinkedIn. Right. Uh, you know, Steve Melcheski, my profile. Right. Uh, my email is stevemelcheski at gmail.com. Correct. And uh, for a company, it doesn't have a website yet, but we're working on that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have a website up or anything but like that will. yet. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, Stevie Wonderwine. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's even better. Okay, Steve, thank you so much. And here's your right. song. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Yep, bye bye. Bye. Heading out for the East Coast. Lord knows I've paid some dues getting through. Tangled up in blue.
will indeed. Hang on. <laughs>